What's going on, Juvie listeners? We're back here with another Juvie Saturday. Before Josh tells you who we're talking with live in the building today, if you guys are listening on any listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, hit that download button. That's yep. how you can support us. If you're watching on YouTube, you guys have seen the new set, the new camera setup. It's looking fresh. So if you want to support on YouTube, subscribe, comment, share this video with a friend. Who are we talking with today? Today, we are talking with tech entrepreneur and NFT expert, Gabe Vigas. How you doing, dude? Awesome. Great to be here. Yeah, thank glad you, you're thank here. Thank you guys for inviting me, by the of way. Of course. We love having in-person guests and also the fact that we have a history with friendship. <laughs> that was a weird way to say it. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Gabe. So, uh, hello, everyone. They already introduced <laughs> me. I'm Gabe. Gabe Vickers. Uh, started uh, how I got involved in, you know, NFTs and blockchain and everything was uh, I start. It's kind of funny. I didn't yeah. start out like this or like f- right into technology. I uh, Josh knows I started a bow tie company at the first Google startup weekend in Reading like five years ago. Yeah. And uh, what as a 13 year old, I did that and did it for about a year and then got was just really sick and tired of 13 year old sewing and everything like <laughs> so that. So you're talking like physical bow ties. Yeah, 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 yeah bow ties okay. and everything. And uh, I got really sick and tired of just sewing bow ties and stuff. And so I just kept going to Google Startup Weekends every year. I've done five. And for the people that don't know, what's a Google Startup Weekend? So Google Startup Weekend is you have a bunch of people from around the area, whether they're developers, marketers, uh, financiers, just anyone that would help build a, a company. And you have a bunch of people pitch an idea at the beginning of the weekend, and then uh, those ideas get vote get voted on. Okay. And then the top 10, 15 ideas, they form teams around them anywhere from eight to fifteen people. Yeah. And then they try and build it up within three days, and then pitch to investors or uh, uh, judges at the end of the weekend. Okay, so it's yeah. like mini Shark Tank kind of thing. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. But Shark Tank, yeah, I would say almost like that. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And what so, was what was your guys' startup when you did it? Yeah. So for people that know, we actually did that together about three years ago. Yeah, it was like two, three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we worked on a team with this guy who created a really genius idea for this like, um, financial social media platform called Moolala, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and we were on a team together, and we worked really hard on this Jonathan's website. Jonathan's brilliant, dude. Yeah, dude. He's he was crazy brilliant. Yeah. You should, you should hear about some of the stuff he's doing right now. That's really? a different conversation. But yeah, Jonathan's brilliant. So yeah. did Moolala take off? It didn't. We actually got third place, okay. right? Yeah. Yeah, it was third. Yeah, we were pretty bummed about that. We thought we had the winning idea, too. <laughs> what, what, one, what, which one won that weekend? I can't even remember. I think it was the... It was, it was a woman... I remember it was a... It was a it was a woman. Oh, it was that um, that one. Like the the period cycle app. Yep, yep, yep. It right. was like tracking, uh, <laughs> what, helping women track their periods or something yeah. like that. Okay. Was... And Mulala got outbeat by that, sadly. Yeah. But yeah. me and Josh honestly don't understand, or we don't know it very well, the NFT world. Yeah. Our listeners, this is highly requested. We've been looking for someone that knows the world, and we could get live. So, like, just break down like the very very basics of it. All right. So. What is an NFT? Yes. Everyone's everyone's wondering. Yeah. So everyone thinks an NFT is, at the moment, a stupid JPEG. That is that is where we're headed. Has nothing to do with JPEGs. Okay. Seriously. So essentially, what an NFT is, it's, it's a smart contract. It's an if this happens, then this statement. If this happens, then that happens. So it's like, uh, it's 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 like a digital. I just for hold on a second. I need <laughs> to take your time. Good, Can good. we like re? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just yeah, pull yeah. the mic just a tad bit closer to your mouth. 
so we can just hear you a little there bit more. Clear. I'll run back to question. Yeah, sounds good. Actually, no, we can just run back from your response. Did yeah. we? Uh, did it go wide to him? Okay, perfect. Sweet. Then yeah, you just go. What's an NFT then? All right. Care. So yeah. So what an NFT is? Everyone thinks it's a it's a it's a simple JPEG. It's not. It's a smart contract that's stored on a blockchain. And the most popular right now to run smart contracts on or NFTs is the Ethereum uh, blockchain. Right. Yeah. And so essentially, it's just if this, then that statements. So at the moment, the market is being filled and. What kind of hurts me a little is a lot of greeds getting into the space. Okay. okay. There's a lot of greed at the moment. There's a lot of people doing cash grabs. There's a lot of people doing stuff like that. Right. Yeah. We've seen it on social media. Yeah. yeah. And I've I've been I've succumbed to stuff like that before, and that's why it's it pains for me to see that happen. But but uh, yeah, basically, so it's. Let me start out with explaining what the blockchain right. Right. is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the blockchain is a decentralized way to store data, and so think of it like the cloud, but for uh, for distributing data in an orderly fashion. So how I want to put it together, in a sense, is the NFT is like a pink slip to a house. Okay. It's like a stamp in time. You own this right now, right right at this very moment. Yeah. And so at the, at where we are at right now is we're in the space of literally figuring out what works and what doesn't. So okay. it's a trial. Yeah. It's, we're literally watching an experiment happen. We're going to watch because there are there's a ton of different uh there's a ton of different parts to to the technology and how it works and how it can functionally work because what we compare to it right now is right now it's like the 1998-2000 of the internet is kind of what it is in blockchain cuz blockchain people don't realize have been around for a while. Okay. Yeah. Blockchain's been around since 1997, I think. 1996 the first time someone used the term smart contract was in 97 or something but um it's essentially uh a distributed way to store data and show everyone uh what's happening and so what the what's so awesome about the nft is when used correctly it removes middlemen so business in my opinion should be done between two parties that uh, basically agree to terms with no other sort of involvement from anyone else so okay. for example yeah. Uh, really, I think NFT is going to be removed from terminology one day, okay. and it'll be DA or something like that, digi meaning digital asset. Gotcha. And so how I explain how where we're headed has nothing to do with JPEGs and images, like how like the insurance space is going to use NFTs. Okay. So essentially what they're going to do, they're going to write a smart contract. If Farmer John, uh, if it's 95 degrees over a certain amount of time and – Texas and for a certain amount of days it'll kill his crops like yeah. statistically right you factor in real-world data then give farmer John this much money okay. no need for a middleman or anything and eventually gotcha. you'll be able to sell a house like a stock okay well wow. no middleman just sell a house like this so like realtors wouldn't be necessary It'd just be no, like they'll still the be necessary it'll just be a very different world like labels are gonna be changed okay labels are gonna be morphed and changed into something that's that doesn't chain the artist. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Because they run into a lot of problems with, I own you now. Yeah. Right. So essentially what NFTs are doing are giving the power back to the creator. Okay. I like that. And now you see most social media influencers promoting some type of crypto or some type of NFT. Yeah. At what point uh, does that bring risk? Or is it already bringing risk? Um, there is a lot of risk because the what's happening is they're saying, I'll give you... All, you know this massive bag up front and then that's what the problem is they're saying you can have this massive bag up front but then they're not carrying out 
what's happening on the long end because this is the truth. 98% of these projects are going to crash, fail, and burn. Right. Yeah. That is the 100% truth yeah. because there's no utility behind the NFT. There's okay. no IRL. There's break no down, what, what do you mean by there's no utility? Yeah. So why, why, why would you even buy a digital thing? That's the question yeah, that's, like, that's Why would you even buy something that's digital? Yeah. The reason why you would buy something that's digital is because of the IRL benefits, meaning in real life benefits. Like I bought the okay. Nelk Meta card the other day right? because right. you get all their in real life benefits and you also get exclusive access to them yeah uh you get exclusive access to all of their uh other further nft projects are going to drop like you'll only be able to yeah. buy them if you have a meta card oh okay. cool and uh yeah so that's that's a question i, I feel like keeps coming up is it yeah because like, obviously we're still in COVID and everything's still shut down and like this is when this thing has blown up and now you're starting to hear about it more and that's what i keep thinking it's like when stuff goes back to normal whatever that looks like then is this is that when these projects the projects fail um, or like how long do these projects, the 98% they're going to fail, how long do they stay around before they fail? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. And I don't think anyone really knows. Okay. No one, re no one's really going to know. We're literally watching an experiment happen right in front of us. Yeah. We are watching and seeing what, do what works and what doesn't. And this is where, what really gets me excited is the concept of DAOs and DACs. Okay. okay. Decentralized autonomous organizations and decentralized autonomous communities okay. that are created from the DAOs. Gotcha. And so essentially what a DAO is, is you have a bunch of people that are buying into something and then they essentially have governance over what's happening. And okay. you can give your DAO or your DAC, it's written in the smart contract and everything. And the beauty of an NFT is uh, in the blockchain is once it's there, it's done it's there forever. It cannot be changed. Okay. Yeah. It cannot be edited. It cannot be changed. It's there forever. So like once you own it, like nothing can ever change that. Like you'll just have it forever. No, 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 no. That's not what I mean. I okay. mean, um, you could because you can send NFTs. Yeah. Just like you send crypto, but uh, the the content in the NFT or the data within the NFT can never be changed. Gotcha. And it's there forever. And so, the reason why. Um, I really like this technology is because nowadays people have lost this thing called their word. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that needs to come back. And that's why I like uh, blockchain. It's because it can bring back people's word because once it's there and it's written in the contract right, right. and it's there forever, you cannot change it. And if yeah. you want to change something within your DAO is how the future of companies, I think is going to be a huge route that goes down is you have to have everyone that's bought in agree to that change. Gotcha. Right. You right. can't just have, I love big tech, I love everyone, yeah. but you can't just have someone saying, oh, that person hurt my feelings. Right. Desensor. So like, it needs to be like fully unanimous for it to go away? Yes, yes, yes. Gotcha. So, I like that. Because this is another thing. Facts don't care about your feelings. Yeah. And yeah. I'm that hurts for people to hear. Yeah. But um, if the key doesn't fit the hole in the blockchain, you're screwed. Yeah. Right, right. If, if Two plus two is four. If the key doesn't fit the hole, they're screwed. It doesn't care about anything. It doesn't care about gender. It doesn't care about race. It doesn't care about anything. Nothing. No bias. If the key doesn't fit the hole, if the data doesn't match up, right? It's it's you're screwed. Yeah. So like, does that like? I feel like that comes down to like then it's like almost going into like a perfection type of thing, right? Yeah. Like yeah. So that's that's the issues that are gonna that we're gonna be running into. It's what works and what doesn't. Right. Like uh. We're literally going to see, we're literally going to watch what DAOs work because there's been a couple successful DAOs, like Constitution DAO, for example. Right. I was talking about earlier. Uh, one of my buddies launched a project. Uh, they piled together like 
forty something million dollars to buy one of the original uh, with amongst twenty thousand people to buy one of the original versions of the Constitution. Wow. And they were the out. real life copy. Uh, not the. It was like one of the f- six like original like ones. But yeah. it's like a physical the, thing. Yeah, it's a physical one. Okay. Wow. And essentially, the Dow would own it. Okay. okay. And so uh, to do what? Just to have it. Just to have it. No, no. These. It's just crypto people that have a lot of money and yeah. just you know just, just want, want different stuff. Crazy. They just want to be able to say, "I own a piece of yes. this physical yeah. constitution." Yeah. And so what they were going to do is they were going to they were going to have the constitution, and then they're launching this thing called the Island Dow. Okay. And if you buy into the Island Dow, you get they're literally buying an island in the Caribbean. And what they were going to do is house the constitution on the island and the only way you can go to the island is, is if you buy is if you buy in and have governance that is crazy. that's crazy that's so cool yeah so yeah. when so i know that like obviously it's not just jpegs but then i know that i might be wrong there is nfts that is just a jpeg yes right and yes there are nfts that are just jpegs and the truth is um stuff like the bored apes and crypto punks those yeah, will be right. blue chips forever What's that? Because those, that, that those don't make sense to me. How do those give value? Okay, are they gonna be blue chip? Isn't like relevant type thing? Blue chip means it's just a staple. It's okay. like so. Essentially, the CryptoPunks and the and Bored Apes are like the, uh, the the, the Bitcoin or the Ethereum. The Nike of, and Adidas. Of the, yeah. Of the, gotcha. Of the, of the so they'll be <clears throat> they'll be blue chip because they were original. Like yeah, they were because like they so were like one of the original first ones. I okay. know someone that minted a thousand. Crypto punks. Oh my gosh. How, how, how much value is that? He sold 750 and he has almost a billion dollars now. I think. Holy cow. How much? He how has much? 250 still now. How I'm much did they go for originally? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But he, how much did they sell for originally when he bought them? Um, he bought them for like uh, 10 bucks. How did he find the project? This because is the question, because, right? Because, yeah, yeah that's, that's the problem is finding specific projects. But at the moment, like I said, what's rough right now is the greed that's in the space. Right. Yeah. Like right. the buy-ins are like minimum 1000 to $2,000. That's what I'm saying. No one's like, gonna everyone's buy, like, right? go, go yeah. look on no, they, se- like, they sell out, but it just creates this playground where only wealthy people can play in. Yeah. Well, so I, something I heard the other day is like in the last, whenever this, I watched Gary Vee on Nelk, mm-hmm. the, the Full Send podcast, and he's like, in the last two weeks, $4 billion traded with only 20 million users. And I'm like, okay, when you do the math, that means 20 million users, rich users, yeah. <laughs> right? It's not just yes. your everyday Joe. And so those are like things like Ethereum gas fees, like all that stuff has to be figured out because they didn't take into account NFTs being a thing. Right, yeah. like when the creation of Ethereum network and uh, how it oh, works, they right. didn't take into account. That's why gas fees. If you want to buy a five dollar item, it, you have to pay a two hundred dollar gas fee or a hundred dollar right. gas fee. Yeah, and it just doesn't make sense yeah. for at the moment. But with they're coming out with this, yeah. with Ethereum two point Okay, but they're actually rebranding. It's not going to be called Ethereum. It's going to be oh, called Consensus Layer. Why are they rebranding? Just to, like get I don't. The just because people yeah. were just like, oh my, ETH, we're worried that their Ethereum at this moment wasn't gonna you know, cross over or like wasn't going to do anything. But um, yeah, it's going to be called consensus layer and they're going to implement things like sharding and a bunch of other things which are going to, because the reason why I'm real big on Ethereum and Ethereum will do crazy things. It's going to be eventually the world's app store and everything like that in the future. Uh, It's decentralized and they're doing a lot of things that are good. And the trade-off for because you have blockchains like Polygon or right, Solana right. and those other ones, and they're like we have no gas fees, but the trade-off is and what is a gas? Yeah, fee? what's a gas fee? Just keep breaking. So a gas, uh, I'll break it down for you. Okay. So a gas fee is most simplest terms how I if you want to move something on the chain, it's like uh, how I compare it to. Oh, so like 
you're almost like a gas fee in real yeah, life, right? That's okay. what I compare it to. It's like okay. you're putting gas in your car if you want to yeah. move something or gotcha. buy something. You have to pay a gas fee, and what happens is the gas fee just gets burnt. So almost like shipping tax. Yeah. So every yeah. single time someone pays a gas fee, it's burnt. It drives the price up a little bit because there's not. Oh, that's that's right. one thing that I'm kind of curious about with Ethereum. There's not a finite amount. Okay. So there's going to be an increasing supply. And the thing about Bitcoin is why everyone loves Bitcoin and why Bitcoin is going to be the digital gold and it's going to do amazing things because um, Bitcoin was made for pure peer-to-peer cash, essentially, so people can, can, can be able to uh, – how do I say this? Be able to compete in a global economy if they're not able to in a certain way. So, like, if, if – um, it's ran on peer-to-peer networks, and the problem with Bitcoin and running anything on it is it's too slow. It takes okay. like days if you want to do it. If you want to, people are impatient. Yeah, yeah. And it's just and it doesn't make sense if you want to. You can't like do anything on the network. The only reason why, and the creators of Bitcoin are completely anonymous. You know um, that? Yeah, it's I didn't know that. I actually think. Uh, I do you have a conspiracy of who? Yeah, I definitely do. Do you want to say it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So. <laughs> I think that it was Hal Finney and Dorian Nakamoto. So they were, okay. I think they were, Hal Finney was a professor, big people in the early cypherpunk community. Uh, and they were big, uh, really big, uh, uh, like pushers of decentralization and like, uh, and all that stuff. And then he died, so we'll never know. But okay. he, he's oh, in a okay. cryogenic freezer now. Of course. <laughs> oh, so he's there yeah. just okay. until they could figure out how to bring Do him back? Yeah. Do you, do you think like Elon has his hand in a bunch of these projects that he's promoting, but he's actually like a part of it? I don't th- think Elon really. I think Elon has too much on his plate at the yeah. moment. Like okay. he's trying he's to solve everything, wha- like everything. But right he like now. tweets the name of something, and then boom. Like, yeah. do you think I, one I man should hold that much power when it comes to the space? Um. See, that's that's something that I've definitely wondered for a while too. I don't, but I don't think people should be punished because of the the success they've created. Of course, yeah. I would agree. Yeah. So I know Elon right now; he's working on so much stuff. You know, he's he's like trying to figure out how to do, um, like reusable energy for the entire Earth. Of course. Uh, that's like, just well, did you see the other day uh, someone uh, with Neuralink just right. tweeted the first tweet with right. their brain? Seriously? That's, oh, the, yeah. it's already like <laughs> I didn't know that already yeah. happened. Does that scare you? Yeah, a little. I don't think I'll ever get a chip in my brain. Yeah, but, um, but so, no, no, the real reason for Neuralink is it can literally help. Uh, so, essentially, what Neuralink does, or from what I know and from the research I've done, is uh, so you know when you have a disability, like you're blind or yeah. you're deaf or you're uh, paralyzed or something, it's just connections in the brain that aren't being made. Right. Yeah. So they can make synthetic nerves and connect them. I think that's amazing. That's crazy. They might be able to, in the future, make blind people see, That's make deaf people hear, okay. make paralyzed people see, walk. Wait, so how, how do they tweet? Do they just think? Think it. Like and they and look and at their out. phone, they think, um, I want this to happen, and it happens on their phone or something like that? I don't know at all. See, like, all I, I know ho- is it works. I would hope there was, like, <laughs> I hope there was like some like approval, like, yes, I actually want that to be tweeted. You know what I mean? I'm like, sure there would be. Like, oh, that just blows my mind. Okay, so it's something like that. Obviously, there's amazing upsides. Yeah. Some downsides we can see. Now, like, with crypto coming out of a thing that we can't track, like, and it being used in the past for things that most people wouldn't agree with, how does that, uh, like, how do you stand on investing in something that, people could be using for bad same with cash but specifically on this crypto world yeah i i see where that where that where that comes comes in definitely um definitely uh there are 
but bad people are everywhere. Right. And yeah. uh, people use U.S. dollars for bad things. Of course, I just think this like even more untraceable. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's another thing that. But it comes to the point where do you want control or do you want the ability to do whatever you want with the stuff you've earned? And that's why I really like it. It's like I don't want a third party involved in certain things that I don't think it's necessary. Yeah. Okay. Like with music, they'll be doing a lot more. Uh, you'll see in the next two to five, maybe ten years, you'll see labels morph. And because it gives the artist a direct uh, straight-to-consumer approach to releasing their music or okay. their art or anything. Yeah. And there's no need to go out. All the artist has to do is curate their own uh, community, of it, basically, of small people that right. are willing to devote and uh, be a part of their community. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah. Because I saw, uh, you know, the podcast called Samar. They like it's all about creator economy. I think I've heard about it. Right. They just broke down um, something similar to that of where, like, it would it they like the title of the video is like should Mister B sell his YouTube channel and basically I think I I don't know what Nelk did exactly but the the meta card holds now a share in Nelk correct? Uh, basically yes okay. you're like buying stock in right. Nelk. Yeah. So that's what they were saying for Mister Beast is it's like should he do things where if they, people want a Squid Game 2.0 then they buy into it so then when he releases the video and it monetizes they get a percent back. Yeah. Do you see the creator world going in that when it comes to visual content? Yeah, definitely. Content? No, no, I definitely do. Like that's crazy, bro. Yeah, that's no, no, so like, crazy. Well, I'll uh, explain attention live in the tech company I'm at right now. So essentially what we're doing is we invented a category called Sonic Streaming. Okay. So every single time. So you know when you want to go live on all your channels, uh, yeah. YouTube, uh, Facebook, right. Twitter, you got to set up a phone for everything or yeah. go through something like that. Attention Live, you log into Attention Live and you turn on everything and it distributes for you. But the thing is, so every cool. single time uh, you click the go live button, an NFT's generated and attached to the content so that, so that it protects the creator's IP. They can license their content. They can do whatever they very want with their content. And uh, yeah, that's essentially what Attention Live is cool. doing. That's very That's cool. crazy. And so now how does that expand? Yeah. Like, Or is it just will be always directed on live content? Um, you can upload content. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, right now it's directed to more towards live content, and I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, it's, it was it's been a rough journey for the past three or four years because uh, we were way too ahead of the curve, how people say, because uh, the problem was no one understood NFTs, mm -hmm. no one understood any of that. Like, why would I do that? Why would I own this? No one really understood why anyone would do it. Yeah. And so this is how I want to. There's some cool things that are happening in the space. So you guys obviously heard of Twenty Three and Me. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. essentially, they've not getting in trouble, but um, like they just take your sell your information. Right. Like that's, right. That's yeah. public knowledge now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so there's this one called oh, I can't remember the name, but they literally you send your uh your your sample in, and they give you your information back as an NFT. They don't own the information. Oh, sick. Whoa. And okay. so you will own the information as an NFT. What you are. That's everything cool. about all of your genetics. Everything. Wait. So Twenty Three and Me can sell the information. They, they like give it out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Really? They can do whatever I didn't they know want. that. They sell to the highest bidder. Seriously? Oh, yeah. My. Oh, yeah. And no, no. And so this is where let me get into That's it. Where crazy. I think this space can do a ton is is uh, the future of your digital footprint. So you know how right. cookies and everything yeah. is yeah. tracked. Um, right. And then I actually did not know that until like two weeks ago. Yes. So every single button you click, they were taking every all my single cookies. thing, every yeah. text, every single thing you do on your phone is recorded in centralized databases. Gotcha. That's so and scary. So, yeah, I know. <laughs> and so um, 
what I see the future doing, dude, and it's going to be interesting, is you will own that information right. as an NFT. All the sites you've been to, everything, yeah. all your information, all your history, everything, and you own as an NFT. And you as the person can right. choose to license it to Google. So or you as a per for, yeah. they pay you for your information. That would be great. Instead of taking it for instead free of taking from taking it for free and selling it for billions of dollars. And how, that's how does, crazy. How do, we, how do we move in that direction? Yeah, yeah. See, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to push towards decentralization because uh, I think human nature is to centralize. Okay. People want power. Yeah. They want to centralize. And so uh, that's something that I think that we need people to come out and speak on. It's yeah. decentralization. Like, we have to stay true to that because yeah. that was the reason, a big reason for Ethereum is decentralization not one person has power right like right. if you want to attack the ethereum network you have to buy it. you have to like you, you spend like 15 billion dollars you got to be in the yeah. game like yeah. seriously like you have to own like you have to take over half the supply and then yeah. do all sorts of other things gotcha so i okay i i understand the stuff you're saying there's still the question in my mind what gives an nft value like if it's something like a jpeg like um the ones you said earlier what gives that value? Like, what would be the benefit of owning a JPEG that thousands of other people could own as well? All right. So it depends on whatever's written in the smart contract and the hype and everything else around it. Whatever's in that smart contract is what's going to give it value and not the actual mon the money value because it's like uh, the dollar's not backed by gold right now. Yeah. Right. So um, it's not backed by anything and it hasn't been for a minute. But... Um, the reason why a JPEG has value, or the reason why it, this is the truth, a lot of them don't have value. Mm -hmm. That's the honest truth. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them do not have value. They're making money and doing cash grabs, making money on the fear of missing out, basically. And I keep seeing this. I'm That's like, crazy. So it's just stuff that would never have value, but they're just uh, they're scared that it will, so they buy it. Um. Yeah. Let me get into it a little more. Um. Yeah. So basically, whatever's written in the smart contract, if you own this NFT, like this, so. I do some consulting and stuff for some things. And, uh, like, uh, I look at a company's IP, see how you can uh, create some sort of an NFT membership program to yeah. to help monetize and create a stream of income. Because where the big money's made is not in the initial sale if you do it correctly. It's in the royalties. Right. So right. Every right. single yeah. time you sell, there's someone sells the NFT, there's 5% royalty or however you factor in, in the yeah. information, but you have to add utility to your project if you want it to succeed. Not gotcha. just because no one's like, there is, there is the art aspect. There are like, have you guys heard of Beeple? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Beeple's awesome. Um, Beeple's like going to be like the Vince Van Gogh of the digital space. Basically. Wow. Uh, he did like over a hundred plus million dollars in sales this, this year. Wow. Wait, is he the one that sold the one where he made a picture every single day? Yep. He that does guy? that every right. single day. I, we, we talked about this a little bit. He sold it for like 69 million, which yeah, was he the sold biggest. One for 69 million. That's uh, crazy. Yeah. Cause yeah, was, he's, he's was his, a picture like was every day and sold it? Was his art that he turned not, into digital? Not drawing it. He does digital art. So oh, like right. he does it all within his computer and then, yeah. Does it? But he's been doing it for like 15, 20 years though. Crazy! Wow. So like, that's the that's the. So he's been ahead of the game. Yeah, he's been ahead of the game for a while, and uh, the reason why he's done so well is because I think he's first of all he's awesome. Yeah. He seems awesome. Yeah. Uh, and his art is amazing. I honestly think that 
he needs to be there for a long time. I was yeah, doing yeah. a lot of things. He's really big on decentralization from what I've heard and all that stuff. It's crazy. Well, so we had some of our listeners yeah, questions. Yeah. I just we I had a look through them, and I don't know if – I think we kind of covered some of them. Okay. Um, but I feel like I didn't answer that question good enough, Josh. Okay, go so the reason why someone would want to buy an NFT is you have to add a reason. Like, I'm going to own this because it gives me the ability to uh, go to this movie company's premiere every uh, time okay. they open. Yeah. Or some sort of IRL reason for them to own it. Yeah. Or uh, – just anything like that and it's literally completely open-ended and you can do whatever you want so it's got to hold smart contract. some physical yeah uh, you have yes, to have well. a real real reason i feel for like that's not talked about it's not it, because yeah. people are making money on fomo that's what's happening yeah i didn't i didn't know that there was actually real life benefits to owning an nft other than just the fact that you can sell it and make more money mm -hmm. that's and that's honestly one of the reasons why i got into the game was you know, to make money and yeah, to, and to to do that, and then I I've, I've stopped flipping NFTs just because. Um, I don't know. It's just it was just very uh. Feel like you're hurting it in the long run. Yeah. No, I don't feel like you're hurting anything. It's it's just I want to see more real, like I want to see this technology solve problems. Yeah. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like I want to see it used for like so for for an example. Here's an example. So you could have a construction company. And they build a house and they have this the ownership of the house and everything stored within an nft it's on the blockchain can never be messed with or anything yeah and they can have a royalty within the contract so every single time that house that that construction company built gets sold in the future they get five percent no matter who sells that house okay interesting okay yeah whoever created it gets five percent wow. every single time and so that's where the the that is where we're headed. Okay. It's taking the actual technology and applying it to the real world. Okay. Yeah. Instead of just keeping Inst it in like the small area of. Instead of it just being a JPEG and all yeah. of that. Because I have, I do have, you know, JPEGs that I think look cool and all. But I'm a definitely a lot more into there being a huge actual reason for you to own something. Yeah. Than it just being FOMO. For right. sure. that is what's definitely happening is people yeah. are that's a scary thing yeah and now for our listeners now they're going to learn stuff in this interview but how did you educate yourself on all of this yeah so you might say uh uh there's no like because i made the decision to either go to college or do this and i chose this right nice. so i own equity at attention live and uh uh basically did our i've done <sighs> At least over a thousand hours online. Just okay. YouTube, uh, blockchain certifications, uh, all that sort of thing. Is there any certain creators that our audience would be good to go check out that you would suggest? Um, I would definitely say to go to the NFT NYC YouTube page. Okay. Okay. They have like the most the NFT NYC YouTube page. Like those that that YouTube page has the most brilliant people in the space talking about everything that's happening. And okay. it is the best way to learn, in my opinion, other than actually going out and right. doing it. Yeah. Like, right. That's that because that's the best way I learned was literally just going out and learning while I was doing it. Right. Right. What works and what doesn't, because there is a serious problem with this industry. It is so gosh darn hard <laughs> yeah. to buy an NFT for yes. the whole process needs to be streamlined. Right. Yeah. The whole process needs to be streamlined and it will be streamlined. Yeah. Uh, you got to like have like four different apps you gotta like know what you're well, doing. Because first you gotta buy the crypto, and then you gotta go, and then you gotta yeah. get the NFT. Yeah, you so gotta buy the crypto, and yeah. then you gotta send it to your wallet, in which you can house your NFT in. 
and then you gotta um, uh, sign a bunch of transactions, and then you gotta pay a gas fee. It just has to be streamlined because yeah. that's the truth. It is so hard. Well, it isn't hard for me because I've been doing it yeah, for a while. Right, right, yeah. Right. But for the average user to really get involved, it's hard. Yeah. It's so really difficult. To transition into that from like, um, well, not to transition, but to go into that, we got some responses on a story like asking questions. For, I've used asking questions about stuff like NFT and crypto. Um, so a question like that is how would a normal person or why would a normal person buy an NFT or how could an NFT be useful to a normal person? Like how does, how would a regular person who doesn't have much money and any experience learn how to buy and have the facilities to do that? How would they learn how to buy an NFT? Yeah, and like how would they how would they go about that? How would they learn how to buy an NFT? Um, I would just go to YouTube and look it up. But okay. um, but uh, first of all, like, do you want me to just walk through my process? Yeah, how I do. Yeah. So yeah. Coinbase wallet, MetaMask, uh, Crypto.com. Actually, I actually really like MoonPay now. Okay. Uh, MoonPay is awesome. I really like it. So essentially, what you do is you go on the website, you enter your card information. You paste your address, your Ethereum, your Bitcoin, or whatever currency you're buying, mm -hmm. and then um, it removes like the need to use a centralized entity such as Coinbase or right. something like that. You literally just put your information in, or put your uh, wallet address in, put your information in, and then click buy, and it goes immediately to your wallet. Okay, wow, that's so, cool. Like it eliminates you having to go through some sort of a centralized entity. Yeah. That's cool. That's great. And now we were kind of saying it before. It's like you got to have at least a thousand dollars to throw into it. When does that change, or when does that come down? You think? Um, I uh, I'm not gonna lie. I that's what scares me a little is I don't know how or when that's gonna change. Right. I think that it's definitely gonna change within the because there's gonna be an NFT winter. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a massive winter. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Like there's going, it's just like how every market does when there's a market that booms and yeah. then it's going to settle. Yeah. Like in about a year or two, there's going to be a winter and there's going to be, and th this is what I see happening. I see it being like kind of what happened in the early 2000s with the internet, like NFTs, they'll always be there, but you're not going to have the, you know, Bought this fifty dollar JPEG. Now it's worth a million, like a mm -hmm. board ape. Yeah, like that. That's in a sense, I feel like is going to go away. Okay, okay. and it's going to be more like actual solving problems, like yeah. an actual reason for you to own this. Like you buy this, you get to go do, you get to go on tour with Mike Tyson if you buy his yeah. his EDM NFT or something, yeah. or you get to you're buying into some sort of a a program or a reason for you to actually, you know, own yeah. something other than the fact that it's, I like this. Yeah. You know what right, I mean? right, right, right. So would that winter mean that a lot of people would lose money from stuff that wasn't necessarily great to buy into in the first place? Definitely. Yeah. There's definitely going to be a winter and you're going to see people saying, oh, it was just a fad. It was just this. It was just that. That's going to happen. But then you're going to see it rise like a phoenix, I think. Uh, right. So there'll be a big drop and then a big a big rise. Well, this is all just what I think. Like, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's could totally not happen. Yeah, like, right. Yeah. This is just what I personally. Yeah, think. yeah. I think that it's gonna people are gonna be like, oh, it's a fad. It's this and this, but because NFTs are here to stay. Yeah. But the JPEG and the 
that is going to go away in a sense. Gotcha. Like I feel not, not go away, but um, it's not going to be as prominent. Like right, yeah. right. it's going to be more utility. Like you buy this for a reason. Like you want this digital asset because yeah. it gives you the ability to do this or gives you the ability to do that. Yeah. Okay. So very interesting. Yeah. yeah. If there was somebody who was wanting to get into NFT, um, everything in that industry, what would be the first advice you'd give to someone to start off? Like just to start. Don't don't just go. And this is a problem that are with my friends. They just go on Open Sea and then just want to buy the first thing that they see that looks cool. Yeah. You need to do. I honestly think twenty to fifty hours before you make purchases. Gotcha. Of research on the specific project. No, not on the specific project. Just on, on the everything. industry. Okay. What to look for? Like when you're looking at NFTs, like. I'll just go through like my little checklist. Yeah. Like when I'm looking at projects, uh, there's a couple things I look for. Discord. Are they active in their Discord? Do they have a lot of Discord members? Uh, do they have a roadmap on their website? Okay. Like, do they actually have plans to do everything that they're told? Yeah. That they're saying they're gonna do, like IRLs, all that sort of thing. Yeah. In real life events and everything. Um, also, another thing is, uh, if their creators' identities are not public, red flag. Oh, okay. on a project if you cannot find th so a lot of the typical thing with nft projects is uh i've seen is you will have uh their their website and everything and then they'll have their jpegs as their from the project as like danny and then they'll oh. say like marketer and then they'll have the the idea but there's no way for you to actually interesting it's yeah. like the most generic names ever yeah right? <laughs> and so it's like Bill Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically, it's like Andy them. Johnson or something yeah. like that. And it's that's a, definitely a, a red flag to me is if the because if they don't have their real identities exposed, then there's nothing that holds accountability. Yeah. Okay. How does that differ from like the accountability of Bitcoin? What do you mean? Like, does the fact that Bitcoin has no people showing their faces in it does that kind of lead a red flag or is that um, kind of past that point no i think first of all yeah we're definitely past that point with 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 bitcoin it's it's different in the sense of crypto or nfts um because crypto is uh how bitcoin works is it's peer-to-peer -peer cash it's ran uh on uh networks it's so essentially um it's like uh <coughs> the safest way to, in my opinion, do a lot of transactions. It is like, uh, how do I explain it? Kind of difficult to explain sometimes. But um, Bitcoin is like ran on a bunch of, like a bunch of computers basically. So right, it's, it's right. constantly bouncing off computers. Like yeah. boop, 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 boop. So no one will ever be able to, you know, IP or anything like that. Your IP address yeah. or everything. It's like constantly off peer-to-peer -peer networks and no one will ever know what's, who someone has or yeah. what they have unless someone has their seed phrase because uh, seed phrases, let me explain the seed phrases. Yeah. Do you guys know what seed phrases are? This is kind of like mm -hmm. a passcode, right? Yeah. So, so you have a 12 word seed phrase or a 24 word seed phrase within your wallet. So if you forget your password or anything, you just enter in your seed phrase okay. and you're good. Okay. And because your devices don't own your stuff. Yeah. Like I have my little ledger live device right here. This has a 24-word seed phrase. This is where I keep all my crypto. It's got okay. a little screen on it. Yeah. And the the seed phrase is a essentially a P.O. box on the blockchain. Those are your keys into the P.O. box. So if I lose this device, no problem. No one has access to anything. It's only uh, 
whoever has – if you lose your seed phrase, you're screwed. It's the only industry right. yeah. that if you lose your seed phrase – because like you can't just put in your email and reset your password. Yeah, you like can't. It's, it's not like it's the two-factor authorization. Yeah, you thing, have right. to have. That's what I'm saying. That's another thing that people are going into this and not understanding. Your seed phrase, you have to keep. Are they getting hacked a lot? Um, you can't really like. This is only hackable like 20 minutes out of the month, uh, because how this the Ledger Live works is this is disconnected from the internet and it's all my assets are frozen unless it's plugged into my computer. Uh, okay. making moves or something, then maybe it's hackable. Right. But then again, um, it's a lot harder to hack Bitcoin's network or Ethereum's network than it is to hack, uh, like it's like a Bank of America bank account or something. Okay. Yeah. Like it's 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 much more difficult to do that. The only way you can basically have your Bitcoin hacked or taken from you is if you give your seed phrase out or okay. if you uh, connect your wallet to some sort of a site that'll mess with your stuff okay Interesting. so if you lose your seed phrase you're screwed you're it's screwed. game over it's game over my my boss uh has oh. has a uh we no i was just able oh. to to get to get them so he had three josie bellini nfts okay uh in in his old dapper labs wallet uh the lowest one's like 85 eth or something and the highest is like 400 eth and oh, then wow. the other one's like 250 Hasn't been able to access them because he lost his seed phrase oh, for them. No, for like two years. So he's still trying to figure it I out. I was able to figure it out. Oh, nice. So wow. I. <laughs> so so um, it's because he knows the people at Dapper Labs. My boss oh, okay. is super connected with uh, the whole industry and all the major players like the OpenSea uh, gotcha. CEO and CTO, like Devin Finzer, uh, Alex Tala, and all those people. Um, it's just um, I was able to take a recovery phrase that they sent except because what what the thing was with dapper labs was i think that they had released a wallet in the past it was their dapper labs legacy wallet okay. and then they decided to slit the product's uh throat and so oh. you're only i was like how can you even access the dapper labs wallet and then i went online and you have i'm like given it said you can only download the app on an android device so i'm like do you have an old android device and he gives me this rinky-dinky old uh, oh, no. Android device. Take it, log in, recovery phrase, we're good. And we, we're Dang. able to get in. Jeez. But um, So if he didn't have that old Android device, it would have been gone forever? Um, not, it's just gone. Well, I mean, it's just there on the blockchain. There's, there's wallets that have hundreds of millions and uh, hundreds oh, and millions in Ethereum and Bitcoin and billions that'll never be touched because people have lost... Seed phrases, seriously, that's so sad. hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, it's it's kind of good for the for the ecosystem yeah. because those are whales that that it's they're never gonna True. sell. It's just a wallet that's yeah that's there and it'll never you know do anything unless someone is able to activate it. Like uh, Satoshi Nakamoto's wallet has I'm sure billion dollars or something like that, and that's there's nothing ever nothing's ever moved out of the wallet. Wow, that's, nothing's Crazy. ever been moved from the wallet or anything. Wow. And I, the reason why I think it's Hal Finney and uh, this uh, dude named Dorian Nakamoto yeah. is because they were big people, big involved in Bitcoin and pushing it and all this stuff. And the dude's name, last name is Nakamoto, first of all. And he's publicly came out and said, it's not me because uh, if you the creator of Bitcoin would be uh, in serious trouble with other countries because oh. they don't want this to be a thing because yeah. China wants control of their right. currency. Yeah. They don't want they want 
centralized total control. Yeah. They want to take away as much freedom away from, you know, the yeah. average person. And uh I think that it's Hal Finney and them because they were really big in the in the space and they had lived they were living by each other in SoCal. Oh, interesting. And they were real big pushing for the space and they're like cryptographers and everything. And uh and uh basically uh it was uh the it was quite the uh like a uh, process for them to you know bring bitcoin to the light interesting but then there's these there's these other there's this dude that created bitcoin cash okay. who's like i created bitcoin i created oh, this oh, no yeah. way dude have you heard this dude talk i forgot his name specifically i can't believe i'm forgetting his name like completely like had has no idea what he's talking about really on a couple things like oh, no. just like messing up like terminologies yeah. and all that sort of thing and it's like you it's clearly a marketing move for bitcoin yeah. right. cash right. and uh, he probably he made a lot of money off bitcoin cash yeah. of course yeah so do you think if the actual owners of bitcoin came out do you think there'd be like hits on their head from countries um, or is it not that deep definitely maybe possibly but i think that that's the best thing for the space is for it to be anonymous uh, it's anonymous yeah. it's anonymous wow. it's because it literally no one will ever know. Like it was, if you read the Bitcoin white paper, it's peer-to-peer cash, supposed yeah. to give uh, the power back to the individual, so they can do what they want with the money, not um, a bank or this or yeah. that. Like, did you hear about Elon Musk said the other day? Like, no. the bank that they have in, or the money that they have in uh, Tesla's bank in Europe, it's literally just losing value, just oh, losing really? value because of the interest and everything and yeah. the inflation and all that stuff. It's literally just losing value. And so that's why, and another thing about Bitcoin is it has a finite amount. There's only going to be 21 million Bitcoins ever mined. Okay. And I think it's like 20 to 30 years is when the final Bitcoin will be mined. Dang. There's like 18 and a half million, I think, in circulation. And uh, I think once the 21st Bitcoin is mined, you're going to see the price. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly. Yeah, it's going to be. When the final Bitcoin is uh, mined in 2020 to 30 years is what they're expecting or something like that. Well, yeah. dude, I feel like I've learned a I've lot learned of this episode. I've learned so much. Yeah. I think our audience has as well. And yeah. our final question, or not, it doesn't matter if you're talking about crypto, any one of our guests, we always ask them, what do you feel like is the most misunderstood thing about teenagers in general? Hmm. That's a good question. I think the most misunderstood thing about teenagers actually is, uh, that's a really good question. Because I've actually found myself in certain scenarios, uh, being in the business world, kind of where you have someone that's established mm-hmm. feeling to need to kind of dominate a younger person yeah. that's yeah. finding some sort of success. And For I sure. feel as if um, you have to take what the youth is saying because we are going to literally be the people that yes. are using, that are buying stuff on the Ethereum yeah. future decentralized app mm-hmm. store and doing all these other things. It's going to be us. Yeah. And so you need to listen to what we want, not necessarily in a selfish way, but I mean like what we want to interact with, yeah. what we want the process to look like. Cause it has to be easy for people to buy a digital asset. It is not easy. Yeah. You need 12 apps. That's an exaggeration. Yeah, you really yeah. need like three to five, which is still ridiculous. That's a lot. Yeah. You, like Coinbase is going to be releasing their own uh, marketplace shortly, NFT marketplace. And it'll be awesome because it, the whole process will be streamlined. Yeah. You'll be able to use a card to swipe your card and then 
it'll every all the conversions and everything will be done on the back end for the user. That's great. All you gotta yeah. do is just put in your information and then everything's done on the back end. That's, That's what needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Space. yeah. Yeah. The whole process streamlined, super easy for the for the individual. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So you just say that like the most misunderstood thing is that even though all that like everybody kind of counts us out, even though we're going to be the next ones up. Yep. That's definitely what I would say is not, not, not count us out, but like, just listen, open yeah. your ears sometimes. Like you don't got to dominate. Yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like definitely yeah. we're all humans. Yeah. yeah. It's a great response. If any of our listeners want to check out any of the projects Gabe's working on or is showing you guys all the socials, <clears throat> we'll yep. the first link in the description. It's been a great episode. Hopefully you guys learned a lot. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Amazing. Okay, dude. We need to get. We only have this now.